Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, this amazing truth that God is for us is only for those who are Christ followers. You have God in your heart. You have a relationship with Him. Jesus Christ has saved you. Now, see, if you're not a believer today, you don't have anybody on your side. You're doing life alone. And all of these same things happen to you just like they happen to us. But you have not a God who's for you. That's not God's fault. That's your fault. You've chosen to do life alone. You know, all kinds of people like to quote the Bible's promises as though they applied to them, even though they want nothing to do with Jesus. It's almost like God's obligated to help them because, well, he's God and he's all loving or something like that. As Pastor Mark is teaching, the promises God makes are subject to his conditions and qualifications. If we aren't willing to play the game on his terms, we should not expect to be able to access his benefits. Scripture says that wisdom begins with the reverential fear of God. If we want to receive His benefits, that is where we must begin. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 2 of his message, Life Happens. And maybe like our Apple friend, you can't get past the decisions you've made because they affect you today. And you wish you could turn the clock back and it just absolutely imprisons you today. You can't get over it. Some of you, you're older. You look at yourself and you know that the body is not as healthy as it's going to be. And you look in front of you, and you're just critical and negative about it. You you wish you were 20 years younger. Well, you can't go back. And because of that, you just kind of set life aside. And because of those kind of things, all of these prisons, what happens at the bottom is this. Many people who were positive, upbeat, you love being around them. Today, you're a cynic. You're critical. You're negative. Poison comes out of you, out of your pores, because of life and all the things that happen. This is real. This is where we're all at. Well, when you look at those, we have to ask ourselves, how did Paul have joy in spite of all of that stuff? Well, even though he remained chained... Paul learned to live above those circumstances. He refused to let his circumstances dictate his emotions, his attitude. And in fact, 
He used it to advance the kingdom of God. But how? How? Let me show you how. Paul wrote it. Turn, if you will, in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, one book away from Acts. Romans 8, go down to verse 28. Down to verse 28. As you get there, I'm going to give you a little quiz today. You already know the answer to this, but sometimes we don't think about it this way. Which one of these three statements is correct for a Christ follower? Number one, God is for me. Number two, God is against me. All of us have thought that, no matter, in our life, when circumstances, when we're bad. You say, God, what are you doing? Or number three, God is God, and well, whatever happens in my life is really neutral. I mean, Pastor Mark, there's seven billion people, 6.8. There's, he didn't have time to worry about my individual thing. So God's a good God, but really he's not involved in my life. Now, what is the, really the scripture right answer to those three? What's the, which one? Number one. See, we know that. It's like a, it's a, it's a given. But very often, we're down to number three. We don't really believe it because of this. Well, if God was there, it would be different. We don't really believe it. Well, how do we believe God is for us? We have to go back and look at the scripture. And we have to believe the scripture. I've led you there. Romans 8, look at verse 28. And we know that in all things, say with me all this morning, all. What is all? It means every single circumstance. We know that in all things, by the way, who's writing this verse? Paul. (laughs) Okay. And we know in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I'll come back to that in a moment. Who have been called according to, underline this in your Bible, his purpose. Many times when we read this passage, by the way, Pastor Dean did a great job of teaching on this a few weeks ago. But many times we even miss this purpose. Paul is not saying whatever happens is good. There's a trillion things that happen in our life that are not good. Getting cancer is not good. Having a baby die is not good. None of those things are ever planned by God. Paul is saying that God will work all things together for good. The problem is, what is the good? The good that I'm thinking about is that I'm going to get a better set of circumstances. If God's working all things together for good, he's removing these things. And those issues that kept me in prison, they're all gone to the good side. Well, sometimes that absolutely happens. But sometimes it doesn't happen. And the good is defined for us in the very next verse. Look at it. For those God foreknew, he also predestined, here's the good, to be conformed to the likeness of his son. You want to write this down today. What is the good that God's working? What is the purpose that God has in our lives? The good is, he's in our lives every day, 
making us like his son, making us like Jesus. That's the good he's going toward. We're to be Christ-like. We're to follow him. So we're to become like him. God's purpose in our lives is to make us like Jesus, expand the kingdom of God, bear fruit, make God look good. Remember? To glorify God. He's always at work in the life of a Christ follower. Whatever circumstances come into our lives, God permits them. Now look at me. If you're sinning today in a lifestyle of sin, God hasn't permitted that. He's allowed that. But he didn't cause that to bring good from you. That's your problem. You see, whatever we sow, we reap. So you can't blame God for some of the things happening. He never wanted those things to happen in your life. But you've sinned, and that brings it. But as a Christian, if I'm not sinning, then God permits whatever comes into our life. Nothing happens outside his control. See, his sovereignty and his ability is to manage every aspect of my life. So it works together for the good of those who love God. In that comes... Life, tough things for all of us. Now, let's be honest. When some of those tough things come, the sickness, the death, the divorces, the upside downs in our marriages, the financial thing. Often we don't understand God's ways. And we don't really know why God allows some of these things. But Paul says, no, you just have to believe it. God is going to take that and he's going to, you can just believe it. And, and, and there's a reason to be joyful over that because we're not doing life alone. God is able to make everything in our life work together for good, his good and our good. Well, what should I have faith in? Verse 31, look at it. What then Shall we say in response to this, that God is at work in my life and he's trying to conform me to look like him. What should I say in response for this? Here it is. And in your Bibles, I don't know what translation you have. Just scratch out the word if you have it. If, scratch it out and put the word since. That's really what it means. It means since. And let me read it that way. Since God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Here's my translation of that verse. Balmer translation. Since God is for us, it doesn't matter who or what is against us. Why? Well, because I have God who's for me. Now, let's just stop and think about that for a moment. Paul's writing this. He's in jail. Is anybody against Paul? All kinds of people are against Paul. The Romans are against Paul. The Jews are against Paul. Is Satan against Paul? Satan's against Paul. But what's Paul right? God's for me. It just doesn't get any better. What kind of God? The all-knowing, the all-powerful, the nothing-is-impossible God is for you today. Now, let me give you an illustration. You saw this, this week that tennis match that went forever. Longest in the world. I don't know how those guys even stood up. But let's say you're going to play some of these amazing tennis pros. And it's a twosome on that side and twosome on this side. 
And they put these amazing guys over there, or gals, depending which one you are. And here you are on this side. And you wonder who in the world is going to come in. There's no way. This is not going to happen. Jesus Christ walks in. How you doing, Bomber? I'm ready. You ready? Now, any, any doubt about the outcome? Because I'm there. No. Is there, seriously, any doubt about the outcome? Does it matter who's on the other side? It don't matter. Why? Because God is for me. It doesn't matter who or what is on the other side. Because God is for you. Now, you either have to believe it or not. That's my part. Paul said, Satan's going to be against you. All kinds of people are going to be against you. A million circumstances are going to be against us. But it doesn't matter because God is for us. Here's our first smiley. Write this down. Life happens, but God is for us. Enjoy. 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 Life happens, but God is for us. He loves us. He's at work in us. He's for me. It simply doesn't get any better than that. Now, we told you when you see a smiley. How many see a smiley? You see a smiley. When you see a smiley, you got to what? You got to smile. You got to show your teeth. Go ahead and do it. Okay. And then you have to turn to your neighbor with a smile and say, joy. Go for it right now. Go ahead. Joy. Good. Now, I have a caveat for you. There is a limitation to what I just told you. Pastor Mark, it was so good. What do you mean? There's a limitation. Verse 28 gives us a limitation. This promise that God is for us is only for those who, look at it, who love God. You see, this amazing truth that God is for us is only for those who are Christ followers. You have God in your heart. You have a relationship with him. Jesus Christ has saved you. Now, see, if you're not a believer today, you don't have anybody on your side. You're doing life alone. And all of these same things happen to you just like they happen to us. But you have not a God who's for you. That's not God's fault. That's your fault. You've chosen to do life alone. Today, at the end of the service, we want that to change. You see, God's will for you is to become a Christ follower so he can live in you and change you and make you like Jesus. That was the design from day one. Make sure you come to Christ. So Paul wrote these amazing truths while he was in jail with the guards 24-7. It became outrageous and contagious joy in these prison circumstances. And it happened because of two other Simple truths that you have to know today. Write this one down. Joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. Paul says in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And by the way, I'll say it again. Rejoice. See, that's a command. That's a command. It's a command from Paul 
to the Philippians to choose to be filled with joy. Even though we know that God is for us, we can choose not to believe it and allow the circumstances to make us discouraged and defeated. Joy is simply a choice that we can make because it's a fruit of the Spirit. God lives in us. He lives in your life today. He lives in my life today. And I can choose to find joy regardless of where you are right now. Now, at the end of that, there was another smiley. So what do we do when we see a smiley? Oh, Pastor Mark. Come on. Just go for it right now. Go for it right now. Now, I want you to do it different. I want you to turn around and smile at somebody behind you. Not the same person. Somebody behind you. That's it. That's good. Praise God. Now, if you're watching by the internet, I told you, get a mirror and you got to smile at yourself. And then just kind of reverse yourself and smile this way. Okay? Good job. Terrific. That's principle number one. Joy is a choice. How I react depends on me. Number two, joy is all about attitude. It's all about attitude. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, it's all about the battle in my mind. It's about an attitude, a positive attitude to choose to live above the circumstances. And I'm going to read to you in a moment from Chuck Swindoll about attitude. But before I do, do you notice anything at the end of the... Now, I already know what's happening in some of you. You already have an attitude. No way I'm turning to somebody else again, bomber, and smiling. Joy is a choice. You're in church. Look for somebody else this time in front of you. Go for it. Right now, come on, smile, say it. Joy. Joy. Hallelujah. Listen to Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll says this. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day of our lives regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable can't change life. The only thing we can do is to play the one string we have, and that's our attitude. I'm convinced, listen, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. So take charge of your own mind. So why can I have joy today? Here it is. Write it down. We can choose joy because God is 
for us. We can choose joy because God is for us. Now, most of us would have joy if we could do what I just did. Find the key and remove the difficult circumstances. God does that very often in our life. But sometimes God doesn't do it. So it doesn't matter whether it's on or off. That's the circumstances. Joy is a choice and it's an attitude. And I can have joy because I know that whatever is happening, God's working it for my good. He's making me more like him. Now, to be honest, sometimes I just soon be less like him. Don't laugh. You're the same, aren't you? But the good is really to become like him. That's what we were destined to do. So he's at work in you today. That's what he's doing in your life. Now, I want you to learn four keys from the Apostle Paul in this teaching. So let's go back, if you will, to Philippians chapter 1. By the way, one of the gals, teenagers, gave me this crazy wild bands or whatever they call them. What do they call? Silly bands. And this is a, I think somewhere in here, supposed to be a, a fruit, like a fruit tree. I don't know. It's a silly band, I guess. It looked like a grape earlier. Oh, there it is right there. See there? It's fruit. There's fruit in my life. That's a good thing. Now, Paul was able to bear fruit regardless of the circumstance. How did that happen? Four keys. I want you to write them today. Verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me is really served to advance the gospel. Now, remember, Paul couldn't travel. He couldn't start new churches. He couldn't go to a new town. And yet, while he's chained in prison, he's able to, to, to really expand the kingdom of God. Expanding the kingdom of God is just more believers coming to Christ. Well, how in the world did he do it? Number one, and this is for us as well. A positive attitude helps us see God or new God opportunities. See, when I stop looking at my circumstances and start looking at God, all of a sudden, there's an open door. Paul knew that God was for him. He doesn't see the jail as restrictive. He doesn't feel chained, but he's free to be like Jesus. You see, God wastes nothing in our lives. God never wastes time. God didn't put Paul there and say, okay, Paul, in two years we'll bridge you free. Between now and then, there's nothing I can do through you or to you. No, not at all. So wherever you're at today, look for God opportunities right in your current circumstance. Wherever you are, start looking for them. In today's teaching, we learned that lots of people go through terrible things in life. We're not unique in that regard. It's kind of comforting to know this. Pastor Mark taught that the Bible commands us to rejoice in all things. We were reminded that joy has absolutely nothing to do with our emotions. It has everything to do with God's faithfulness and conscious choosing on our part. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time you join us, Pastor Mark will conclude his message, Life Happens. He'll teach more about the importance of our not letting our emotions rule us, but rather to look to God for comfort when bad things happen. We'll learn how to take a positive, glass-half-full approach to life which will allow us to see opportunities for God to be glorified and to look good. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.